0: This is Hereabouts, Asian American Midwest Radio, broadcasted on WFHB. We air every Wednesday from 5.30 to 6 p.m. Stay tuned for some more.
1: Hello and thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hereabouts, Asian American Midwest Radio. Here Bouts is produced by WFHB and Indiana University's Asian Culture Center. We ask critical questions about identity, culture, community, and shared assumptions. We air every other Wednesday from 5 30 to 6 30 in the evening. My name is Ming Wang, and today we are joined by Matt Walsh, a senior from IU to talk about study abroad, as well as both our experiences actually studying abroad in Asia. So, Matt, could you introduce yourself a bit? Yeah,
0: sure. Thanks, Ming. So um you know, I'm Matt. I'm a senior studying here at IU. Uh, I'm a supply chain major here in the uh, Kelly Business School, and I'm originally from uh, Vernon Hills, Illinois, which is a small town about an hour north of Chicago.
1: Yeah, Matt, so where did you actually study abroad? Oh, yeah, sorry.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I studied abroad in um, at Chua Longkorn University. So that's a um, university in Bangkok, Thailand, and I was there. Um, In spring of 2022. So from January until uh, end of May.
1: Yeah. So I know study abroad is a pretty big part of, I guess, just the college experience. And I know for me, I thought about studying abroad like quite early on. And that's one of the reasons I chose IU. But uh, like, when did you start thinking about studying abroad and um, when did you decide on that?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, So study abroad, actually, almost before I uh, went to college. My uh, my older sister went to Iowa, and she did a study abroad program in Russia for several months, and she, you know, always talked about it as the greatest experience ever, so um, I really figured pretty early before I even went to college that this was definitely something that I wanted to do, um, just, you know, to get outside the U.S., like, a lot of my you know, before college, I really had never traveled abroad. So I really wanted to sort of get that experience of leaving the U S and seeing, you know, how the world is and like all the different cultures outside of the U S and just see the world.
1: Do you know what kind of why you picked Bangkok? Like, were you thinking about, okay, I want to be in Asia. Or do you have a continent in mind?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, my mom, uh, so my mom is originally from Russia. So she was heavily campaigning me to, um, go to Europe, um, and really wanted me to sort of see western europe but for me bangkok like i think asia in general is just kind of a unique study abroad program like i've never been to western europe either but i think asia was just something where it would be you know more of a challenge for me to adapt like i had a ton of friends who were going to go to western europe from iu so it just would have been sort of really easy transition but asia like i knew nobody that was going i knew that it wasn't like a super big program here at IU so just I wanted sort of the challenge of really trying a new culture and sort of putting my feet to the fire of you know getting a new experience and being able to like fully immerse in a culture where I'm you know starting all alone by myself as opposed to like having that sort of safety net of friends and stuff like that.
1: Yeah speaking of that like how many people went were in your like exchange? For me I think IU it was
0: there were three of us um And then uh, I think overall, there were about 80 people on the total exchange, five Americans, so three from IU, two from uh, University of North Carolina, and then the rest were kind of a healthy mix of French, German, Swiss, and a few people from uh, Singapore.
1: Yeah, I think, oh, I forgot to mention, but yeah, I studied abroad in Sungangwang University at Seoul uh, in South Korea, but during my program, I think we had about three as well but i felt like our exchange program was actually pretty huge possibly over like 200 um and oh, wow. yeah it was primarily just from like europe like we had the biggest demographic was probably french um uh, followed by mm-hmm. like dutch or german so that was uh really cool did you know anyone before you did you know anyone on the program or you kind of went in just by yourself like i i met like a few two or like one or two of the other Kelly students um but that was about it um I've never talked to you know a German before you know (laughs) a French student before so yeah it was definitely uh really interesting but would who would you say like you hung out with the most was it fellow Americans or um for me it was actually the opposite like I really
0: didn't (laughs) almost talk to any Americans just
1: yeah, definitely. By the
0: nature of the program, for like pretty much the entire exchange, like my, so I lived in like a two-bedroom apartment basically, and my roommate uh, there was a German guy, and he became basically my best friend. Um, like he's from southern Germany. We still talk and are super close. Um, so my friend group was like, him. There were a couple. There were two twins from the Netherlands, uh, two girls from France, and then um, a couple people from Singapore. So, really diverse, um, interesting friend group. It actually was, you know, it's funny, we would just have conversations about the most, you know, random topics and it would just provide so many different perspectives of how people view the world, you know, how people in Singapore view the world, Western Europe, how I view the world, it was just really interesting, you know, having that kind of group of people, it was awesome.
1: Um, Did you meet a bunch of like Thai students? Like how was your like classroom set up? Yeah, so we
0: were entirely virtual um oh so which was yeah which was interesting for sure um so our classes since it was a direct exchange there's usually like say 20 ties and then you know maybe five like international students Um, mostly exchange but few just students that are studying internationally there um so definitely from classes I would say I met almost no one like you know I had a few project groups but everyone was super scared of COVID especially because a lot of the students there you know live with their parents so they were not really in the mood to meet in person for any like group work or just anything in general Um, however I did actually end up joining like a debate club so I joined like the English debate team at the university and that's kind of how I met a lot of uh, my Thai friends because that all exclusively
1: met in person so I got really close to the team through that you know I, at least in Korea it's very kind of isolationist like you don't really wander outside of your friend zone um mm-hmm. and I don't know how much that's the case in, in Thailand yeah in Thailand it
0: was almost the opposite I would say it's like people were like really excited to like get to know the international exchange students like um I think I was like the first international student to ever join the debate team and like everyone was super excited to have me and you know was like like debate captain like was happy to meet with me like outside of club meetings like get me up to speed on like all the you know debate strategies and everything like that and people were just always want to hang out with me like want to get to know me everything like that so just kind of really open culture and like i don't know just really friendly towards tourists and like uh, foreigners in
1: general i found did you have to debate in english or like what language was used
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. So it was unfortunately, I'm not good enough in Thai to be able to debate in <laughs> yeah. Thai. So we debated in English. Um, so we debated in like um, the South Asian circuit. So we would typically, like when we would do tournaments, they were usually like with a bunch of other unis from South Asia. So typically it was majority Indian teams, a few teams from Vietnam and Singapore would compete against us. Um, but I was definitely the only <laughs> European man in that circuit. So it was a lot of. Uh, surprise looks I would say when I would show up on the like debate zoom or something yeah. like that and people would see me speaking <laughs> yeah. it was fun I loved it um like yeah. everyone was you know even with English debate like English being a second language for a lot of people like they were speaking English on a college level if not using you know words that were way more advanced than when I do so it was really just a great experience and really interesting to be able to compete and like get involved in university just yeah. in my short time there. Did you take any like Thai classes while you were there? Um like language classes? Yes, language. Um I personally did not uh the Thai course there is like just really difficult from what all the previous IU students did, so unfortunately like I did not take it. I kind of regret that because I think it would have been a lot more fun to be able to learn the language and be able to practice it at the same time. Yeah. Um but just being able to, like, since I had a lot of Thai friends with the debate team, I actually learned, like, a decent amount of Thai to be able to, like, you know, negotiate with people and, like, you know, the basic things like taxi directions and stuff like that. Because English in Thailand and even in Bangkok is not really widely spoken. So I remember the first few weeks of the semester, I would, like, be gesturing to people in order to communicate, like, yeah. you know, if a taxi needed to turn left to get to my apartment, I would have to, like, point where to turn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stuff like that so definitely was made my life a lot easier once i learned
1: like the basic thai words
0: so what about you did you end up um learning korean at all
1: i i did take a korean class um with yeah it was just entirely exchange since it was it was a lot more work than i thought it'd be and like i don't regret taking it but it just took a lot of time away away from like traveling and other stuff that i could have done um Mm -hmm. but yeah i i learned like the korean alphabet which is actually surprisingly easy to learn um Mm -hmm. and i think from that you know i i learned words like um like oh i want that or how much is this um Mm -hmm. which i don't remember now but i did then
0: (laughs) (laughs) um that's fair did you um did you need to learn the language? like were you able to get around just speaking english
1: like in seoul and stuff like that or did people did you need to learn korean just to get around I was actually kind of surprised because I've heard a lot about, you know, going abroad, especially like kind of the horror stories from France, right? Like if you go to France, you don't know French, then they kind of look down on you. Um, Yeah. But Korea was actually really like welcoming in that regard. Like they didn't really expect me to, you know, speak Korean Um, or at least they were understanding like when I just spoke English, even if they Mm. couldn't understand me. But kind of to that point I liked walking around with like my European friends because then you know that reduces the expectation because I look Asian right so (laughs) so I don't you know I don't want to let them down if I just like I'm like "Mm -hmm, what'd you say I don't know like um that's funny for me was
0: that it was like yeah that European perspective you know I would like you know, like I learned like the number system in Thai, like how to count and like negotiate on price. And whenever I would speak, you know, like a little bit of Thai, like the merchants were super excited and were like, oh my gosh, like that's crazy, whatever. Even if I just said like, you know, what's the price of something, they would just go crazy.
1: (laughs) Um, At SKKU, they actually had like a buddy system, like at IU where, Mm -hmm. yeah, you were paired up with someone. Did you have something like that? Yeah, we actually had like a whole organization dedicated to that there's
0: like it's called like an international club where yeah. there's like you get like a buddy and then there's also just like 15 to 20 people that just plan a bunch of events for the exchange students so that was really fun that's actually kind of the other way I made a lot of Thai friends was I met almost the entirety of that international club and just became really close with all of them so that was definitely a good time and they plan like a ton of social events for the exchange students so it was
1: really well run honestly Yeah, that sounds pretty familiar with similar to what I had. Um, But yeah, I actually heard from my buddy that like Americans are kind of discriminated against because very few people have the confidence to talk to speak English to an American. So they don't want (laughs) to be your buddy. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: really that's interesting yeah and they were okay with like the europeans and everything like that yeah they they them. were fine with them because you know in english well okay it, it was the the british and the americans that they didn't that you know they felt kind of embarrassed to talk to
0: interesting i think it's funny my buddy was almost was the same actually at first um she was like really scared to meet with me in person um so we like text online all the time and she was like, oh, you know, I my English isn't good. Like, I, I don't know if we can hang out, blah, blah, blah. So then I finally, you know, got one of my other Thai friends to join us. And she came out and I guess overcame her fear. Her English was actually fine. It was just interesting how, like, she was super self-conscious about talking to me in English. Um, and, like, making grammar mistakes and stuff like that. Yeah. And, I don't know, it took her a while to get comfortable to just, you know, get used to speaking the English language with me. So... I definitely understand that.
1: Like, it's it's only once you go abroad that you realize the amount of power you have if you compliment someone's English. Like, it just inflates their pride so much, you know? It's like, because they tell all their friends to be like, oh, mom, you know, an American told me my English is good. <laughs> No, exactly, 100%. I remember,
0: like, when I was learning Spanish, um, I would, like, speak Spanish with some of my coworkers and when they would compliment me, I thought that was, like, the greatest day ever. So <laughs> when a native speaker gives you a compliment definitely
1: means, like, a lot, for sure. Do you have any interesting stories about, like, when you were there? Oh, my gosh. Too many for the <laughs> the
0: duration of the podcast. <laughs> but um, I guess kind of, like, I'd say, like, my favorite day that we had... um in thailand we were driving basically we decided that we wanted to do this road trip across like all, all of northern thailand so we rented a car in bangkok um just like this little old toyota prius um and drove it 15 hours um across the entire country oh. so we drove seven hours like the central thailand and <laughs> that was very interesting because we were definitely one of the first like european tourists to drive through these, yeah. some of these small villages so people were like going crazy when we were driving by and we super excited to meet us um I kind of felt like a celebrity that was fun yeah. um and then when we drove up all the way up to the north um so northern Thailand for context is like all mountains there's a big mountain range there and it's just like all mountains and jungle so we actually um took our Prius and kind of <laughs> essentially off Prius <laughs> yeah Yes. We basically found on Google Maps, um, like it was me, my German friend, and like the two Dutch friends of ours, and we, um, we found on Google Maps that oh, if we take this dirt road, we can hit, um, you know, the border with uh, Myanmar. So we're like, okay, you know, let's try this out. So we basically just—it was the most spontaneous thing I've ever done. We were just going on Google Maps, you know, with one bar of service, trying to route ourselves to the mountains, and you know, definitely we're driving on some, you know, roads that were. Not really roads, but it was honestly an amazing experience. We were, you know, went through all these super scenic routes. And then ultimately, when we got to the border with Burma, it's like it's basically sits on the top of this mountain range. So you can kind of see just for miles and miles everywhere. And we watched the sunset like across over the mountain range. And it was just absolutely gorgeous and yeah. super fun. We did have to push the car up a couple of hills because the Prius was yeah. not going to make it up some of the mountains. But, um, a lot of fun and just i don't know just like adventures like that are what i remember the most from study abroad just being able to you know grab your bag pack up and go and just do something fun and spontaneous is what i just loved about going abroad and exploring thailand i don't know once i it's funny i initially came to thailand and i was super like afraid to eat street food and stuff like that because i was worried you know that i just wouldn't be able to like you know my stomach wouldn't be able to handle it or anything like that but then i figured that I was reading online. I found that if, you know, you kind of tough it out for a few few weeks, your body will just basically get the bacteria that it needs to digest, like all the food that you have in Thailand. And Thailand street food is actually relatively sanitary. So I basically toughed it out for two weeks, ate street food, and then my body just adapted. And I stopped like, you know, getting sick and everything like that. And then I could just basically eat anything off the street food stalls. And the street food stalls, it's like, you know, 30 50 cents for a meal or something like that and it was just it was super cheap yeah. just everything besides food just being able to like get around and stuff like 10 dollar flights and you know taxis that are three bucks like that yeah, that i do miss for sure that was definitely like a big reverse culture shock
1: moment for me in the u.s with of
0: the prices of everything back here
1: <laughs> yeah um do you actually like thai food or like what are your opinions on on thai food did, did you eat it before you went um,
0: before I went a little bit, like I mean, I went to Siam House, you know, the big yeah. restaurant in Bloomington, but um, I absolutely love it. Uh, I ate, I would not say Thai food every day, but I ate Asian food like basically every day. Um, and I tried European food, like I try, I tried what their equivalent of like a you know burger place was in town. Yeah, that was not very good. Um, but they have in in Bangkok, they have this huge like uh Chinatown there that's just incredible so I would have a lot of Chinese food a lot of Thai food and the nice thing was that since I had so many Thai friends they kind of showed me all like the local places where all like the you know the Thais eat not the tourists so I would go there you know there's like eastern Thai southern Thai food you know central Thai food it's it was incredible and (laughs) honestly I could eat Thai and Asian food for the rest of my life and never get bored it was it was awesome what about you Ming how did you feel about um South Korean food I think
1: Korean food is well, part of me doesn't understand Korean barbecue, right? <laughs> like um, Matt, have you you've had Korean barbecue, right? Yeah, like you yeah. cook it yourself, yeah. Mm-hmm. But in Korea, they don't make that much, like the the average income's fairly it's it's not bad. Like for Asia, it's pretty good. Um, but it's not like American, right? And mm-hmm. like Korean barbecue is so expensive for the amount of meat you're getting really huh. it's it's just not that good of a deal and i know like meat in korea is just a lot more expensive relatively than it is in the u.s like one of the things i ate first when i got back to the u.s in the detroit airport is to have a ribeye because i missed <laughs> wow. so in much the
0: airport. Yeah.
1: So but yeah like in korea meat's pretty expensive the food itself is really good though i remember um like, actually, Korean food in Thailand was awesome. I had a uh, dokbuki, like, a few times, yeah. which
0: was super good. Um, Japanese food is really good. But, I don't know, especially, like, for some reason, uh, Thais were just really obsessed with German. I think there's also, like, a lot of German things out there. So there's, like, a lot of German restaurants. And, you know, my German roommate, who's, like, you know, the most pure German guy you'll ever meet, like, loves German culture and thinks, you know, it's the greatest country ever, would go to these restaurants and basically say, this is not authentic, you know, this is not <laughs> the poor Thai cooks in the back <laughs> You know, don't really do anything to that if a German guy is coming in there and telling their folks that
1: off. But, <laughs> whatever. It was- um, yeah, I only saw one Thai restaurant in, in Korea, and that was in Busan, but I think I, I saw a veritable like explosion of vietnamese restaurants like there were so many of them everywhere like every block basically had it, i think it was the most popular foreign restaurant there but thai wow. not so much like I yeah. this Which is interesting
0: really because thailand loves korea oh my gosh we had, yeah. there's korea town like in bangkok and oh my gosh all those restaurants is like lines out the door to get in all the k-barbecue places were just crazy popular
1: mm. Yeah, so, Matt, do you have uh, any other topics that you want to cover that you found was interesting about Thailand? Yeah, sure.
0: So I think, um, like, one thing that really struck me, at least in Thailand, was just, like, um, kind of the level of, I would say, like, corruption to an extent um, that I just saw throughout, like, not all aspects of society, but it's definitely, like, very prominent. Um, Like for And it was just very, like, out in the open, like, something that just everyone kind of knew and accepted. Like, bribing? Yeah. Like, for example, um, so we were at like a you know, nightclub and I was, you know, I was friends with the owner. And so we were kind of talking and huh, I was having a conversation with the owner. And then the owner says, oh, wait, you know, I have to, you know, go out for a minute. The police are here to, you know, collect. Oh, yeah. And basically the owner would just take this big wad of cash, put it in like a plant, like kind of like a flower plant. Yeah, some uniform cops come in. They look under the plant, take the money, and then you know keep going down the street. It was um so it was just like something that was known. Like it wasn't like a big deal. There and the police didn't even try to hide. They like walked right into the club. People saw them and kind of acknowledged them. And that was just, I guess to an extent, how business was done. It's funny. I talked to the guy after, and he said, "Yeah, you know, I've got you know all these expenses and everything, and then I also pay the police, you know, x amount of money every month so that I can." keep my business open an extra couple hours beyond like what the government mm. says is like the mm. time it clubs close so and that was just kind of how business was done there which was just really shocking to me honestly yeah kind of that level of just let's say open corruption that you know let's say the u.s you know this isn't perfect but like stuff like that is definitely not like you, know, you don't see like open bribery happen anywhere really but i also kind of saw the flip side of it so you know, going into a long court, I c- kind of compared to like the Harvard here, like, you know, really elite school, like a lot of, you know, wealthy families there and just like really like well-educated people. Yeah. So a lot of my friends were like incredibly well-connected in the Thai industry and government. Like one of my friends, um, she, her dad was like owned most of the diamond market in Thailand and, you know, as a result kind of walked on water. So yeah. like one time I got ripped off by a taxi driver, I think. He charged me like 30 bucks when the fare was supposed to be like five dollars. So um and then he got kind of aggressive when I, you know, didn't want to pay him all that money. So paid him the money, went back to my hotel. And my um my Thai friend at the time, she actually had the chief of police of Bangkok, she had his number, like just his <laughs> number. And so she called him and was like, Hey, you know, this, you know, taxi driver ripped us off. He was really aggressive to my friend. Um, And keep in mind, we're on some like remote island. Like we're not in Bangkok. We're vacationing on some island, and so chief of police of Bangkok calls the local police on the island. And within like 20 minutes, the local police basically, you know, basically tell a taxi driver to go away, you know, and you know, basically talking to whatever. And not only that, but we actually the chief, the like Bangkok government or someone in the government gave my friend. Like the full refund of the fare, so the fare was what did I say, like
1: yeah, 30 bucks. thirty
0: bucks. So we got the full thirty bucks plus an extra like ten dollars in what they called emotional damages. To like goes, <laughs> I don't know. It's on the one hand, you know, I'm happy that my friends can you know benefit from that. I remember this one quote right before I left Thailand. My friend told me, you know, yeah, I love you know the West like you know i love america love europe but thailand my life is so easy here that there's no reason for me to ever leave and honestly i think that's you know 100 percent true if she could you know get basically have a get out of jail free card she's got all these connections to you know ceos and you know vps of like top companies why why would you ever leave if you've got you know such an advantage and you know yeah, exactly. it as easy as possible so it was interesting but i guess ming i am curious um kind of shifting away from corruption, like um, how much, you know, you mentioned that Korea is really like an international or kind of has embraced an international approach. Did you see like a lot of, I guess, American influence, like either culturally or through business, like just in general, did you see the presence of America in Korea at all?
1: Yeah, I, I saw quite a lot of it. Like they, they actually think quite highly of like US. Like I think I saw like a statistic where um, countries that thought most favorably of the US and like South Korea was at the top um, so yeah uh, they really like American brands um, you know they feel like there's just like this essence of quality right if they get something from the US uh, which mm. is you know not always true like I don't <laughs> see why I don't, I don't understand why someone would get a Chevy in, in South Korea but you know <laughs> you do you <laughs> um, interesting
0: yeah, I'd say for Thailand, it was similar. Like, people were definitely, um, like, very, I'd say, happy. first of all, there aren't a ton of Americans in Thailand just because it's <laughs> so far from, Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a much more European. So people were, first of all, very surprised when they met an American. Um, But, yeah, I just, um, it's interesting seeing American brands there. So seeing, like, Burger King and, like, um like a Buddhist, with Buddhist architecture around it and stuff like that is <laughs> a good thing or, um, you know, seeing McDonald's everywhere. So seeing American brands translate abroad was interesting. And also, especially in the tourist areas, you could really see American influence, like just with, it's funny, like one thing I noticed was that portion sizes near hotels would just be like obnoxiously large or something like that. Like you'd have, you know, local Thai places that would serve you sort of normal portions. And then all of a sudden I think they're catering to the Western market because, you know, the same meal is two times the size of what you get elsewhere so stuff like that <laughs> portion sizes of things and you know just general american like restaurants and stuff like that was really interesting i would say seeing that kind of continuity of american brands abroad was inter- yeah. interesting for sure so.
1: um i i felt a bit bad that like i always f- that well not always but i frequented like burger king or mcdonald's a lot more than i should have <laughs> um, because they have those kiosks, right? And those kiosks, you can you know use English, um, mm-hmm. and that's how you order. And yeah, it was just convenient, and it was actually a lot cheaper than the US. Like I would say, McDonald's was like half price, like compared to here.
0: Wow. Yeah, yeah it was funny. McDonald's is almost like a premium brand. I mean, like just compared to Thai street food, like McDonald's was like was definitely more expensive. So I didn't eat there that much, but. Huh. I will agree with your point that ordering in English was nice like especially on delivery apps yeah. some you know local restaurants just wouldn't have english on there so i'd have to like use the camera icon on google translate to figure out like am i getting like a soup or a noodle dish or what what am i actually yeah. eating here sometimes i would just especially the first few weeks i would just roll the dice and it's like okay well you know there's some picture here that looks somewhat appealing let me just get it and kind of see what happens so definitely one way to try new food but it's um,
1: yeah are we ready to wrap it up
0: um i think so unless you've got any other conversation topics you're hoping to
1: um yeah i think that's about it yeah uh thank you matt for telling us about bangkok and like all the fun experiences you had there and giving me a chance to talk about my experiences in south korea as well So thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hereabouts Asian American Midwest Radio. Hereabouts is produced by WFHB Community Radio in Indiana University's Asian Culture Center. We ask critical questions about identity, culture, community, and shared assumptions. We air every other Wednesday from 5.30 to 6.30 in the evening. Please stay tuned for our episodes in the future. This was Ming Wang, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode.